When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. We got the whole gang here, myself, Jesse, AJ, and Megan coming to you live as it is now 24 hours from oh, yeah. the deadline. Um, it comes quickly. It comes up quickly, but not quickly enough for NHL GMs. Because I'm actually... Go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm just saying there's going to be nobody left. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I wanted, I was like, ooh, remember at 1 p.m. So you can send a tweet about 24 hours. <laughs> Too slow. No one to blame but myself. Well, you know what? Maybe the NHL GMs thought this 1 p.m. was the last hour of the deadline, the way things have popped off so far. Um, lots, lots of trades getting done. Uh, from really the past two weeks, honestly, GMs have been trading nonstop, left and right. Uh, we, we can start off with, with the title of today's show, though. One, do you guys even think that Timo Meyer is the biggest piece moved? And two, do you think there will be a bigger piece or even a big piece at all moved tomorrow? I mean, I guess it depends on what you define as big piece. Um, I left that pretty vague intentionally because I know a lot of people are going to have different opinions of what is considered big. Uh, I, I, I think we're seeing the NHL slowly kind of catch up with like some of the player movement movement craziness we've seen in other leagues. It has and like I, very I, NBA this year. I agree. Right. And, and I think like it's, there's a couple things it's, like players are changing. They're taking a lot more ownership. I think there's a little bit less of that, like hardened loyalty to the team that you're on. Uh, like players are making moves that are best for them. They're making requests that work for them. You know, they're making it clear. They're not going to resign things like that. They want more money, whatever. So there's that. And then I think there's like a little bit of that that's spilling over into the management side too. Cause like, I just look at Kyle Dubas, Rudo. I think you and I kind of like, each put something out about this yesterday. Like that dude's in the last year of his deal. So is Sheldon Keefe. Austin Matthews is up in a year. This core is in like the heart of their prime. They've never made it out of the first round. If they don't make it out of the first round again, that's like top to bottom, hard organizational changes. That's a new GM. It's a new coach. It's entirely a coaching staff. That's probably William Nylander moved this summer. Uh, that's probably Austin Matthews like almost assuredly walking next year. And he is reacting in the way that like hockey fans have always wanted NHL GMs to react. He's like, yeah, I got to win. I'm go like, I'm <laughs> like, he's taking all in to just like a different level where it's like any slight question mark I have, I'm filling it on the trade market. And I just think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's just this new kind of way of thinking that we've seen in other leagues, the NFL and the NBA. And now the NHL GMs are just like, I, I, I've got to win. I got to do whatever I got to do. We mentioned this a little bit. I think it was on a pregame last night, uh, or maybe it was postgame with AJ. Uh, half of those moves just feel like moves for the sake of moves. Yeah. Like the O'Reilly one, totally get Yep. here for it. And then it's a bunch of just shuffling guys for other guys that are they even necessarily better? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Do you guys think Toronto made themselves significantly better so far? Because of O'Reilly, yes. Yeah, I, I do. It feels like the biggest. Also, you, you talked about Timo Meyer. Like, is that one of the biggest pieces moved? And because of what Ryan O'Reilly meant to St. Louis, that still feels like among one of the biggest pieces. But it's hard also not to key in on this goaltender trade from today because of how niche the position of goaltending is. It, 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 the goaltender market at the deadline is always, uh, 
I, I'll, I'll say I'm always very skeptical of picking up a goalie with 20 games to go in the season. Is is that a guy who's even going to be able to come into your system and play effective hockey? I don't know. I genuinely don't know if I would ever trust that. The, the quick one is interesting because, like, the name, you're like, oh, that's an upgrade over Michael Hutchinson. But, like, this year, statistically, that is not an upgrade over Michael Hutchinson on, you know, yeah. A, a team that is, I don't, in the ballpark of as good as Vegas is. I don't know if you necessarily want to go ahead and say equally as good as Vegas is, but like, it's not like, oh yeah, Jonathan Quick's getting lit up on the Chicago Blackhawks. That was a weird. That that's a weird flip too. Anders Bjork from Buffalo, Chicago. Dude, it, it just doesn't stop. The trades just aren't going to stop coming until tomorrow <laughs> when there's going to be none. It's going to be a sick three hours we do live. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we can, we can continue going through this. Who, who do we think has come out the best so far? Is, is it because uh, I think obviously the O'Reilly deal is great, but the rest of Toronto, you're kind of scratching your head at. You look at Boston, who, who went out and added uh, Orlov, and then now yesterday or earlier today yeah they had tyler bertuzzi as well is that team just full-on juggernaut mode or or do you think someone else is is adding enough pieces to compete there i'm i guess i'm confused as to like where do they just find the space it is impressive Cap, then, cap or roster wise, like cap, lineup cap wise, wise okay. and, then, yeah. and then Taylor Hall goes on LTIR today, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I see what's up here. <laughs> we uh, Boston has decided this is definitely it, it for this. Like, there's they're they're not leaving anything back. They, I think, I think what's most amazing about this arms race, right, is that this can happen once. Because all these assets that are getting moved out, these teams don't have. Again, like and yeah, they can dig it. They, they can they can dig into the 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 twenty twenty six picks and stuff like that. But I think it's I just think it's really crazy that like these teams are like like multiple teams now are out first round picks for multiple years. Like they're just like, well, that are our like biggest pieces that we could spend here that the league just gives us are already gone. And that's kind of what makes this whole thing amazing to me, uh, to watch is just that teams can't just keep doing this every year because they don't you know, because they've traded so so many multiple firsts have gone out the door from East powerhouse teams that it's like, yeah, this is crazy to watch, but the next few deadlines are going to pay the price for it. You almost, I almost do wonder though, if this is cause like you think back a few years and it really did feel like the West was in the driver's seat. And now obviously like the East is just absolutely loaded up. I almost wonder if relative to what you're saying, AJ, like if this is how you do see the pendulum, like kind of swing back the other way where, a lot of talent starts going to the West. And then I guess even <laughs> those draft further, picks get used. Right, right, right. And then I guess further to your point, what's, what's also going to be interesting. I just feel like there is an insane amount of movement with a lot of them being free agents. There's going to be a lot of these guys are like signing fresh deals here in a couple months. So I like, I don't know. This is just this deadline. I think is going to be so interesting in terms of how it shapes the next couple of years, both in terms of where a bunch of these guys now land and to AJ's point, what we'll see over the next few deadlines. But yeah, I don't know. This is um, this is super interesting. Yeah, I think Rudo, you've used the phrase like this does feel very NBA like. When you start giving away picks four or five years in advance, that's what feels NBA to me. <laughs> How do you uh, feel about Max Domi? The value being projected at a second round in a later draft similar to Lars Eller do you feel frustrated. any fear of course 
I would you I say feel you? like you Frustrated. should go buy Max Domi today. I, I feel I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment until that deal actually goes through. Yeah, like, totally. Because if if that's what, if if the price does if Max Domi goes somewhere else for what the Avs paid for Lars Eller, then yeah, that makes the Lars Eller one look worse. But if that's the report, and then either the Avs are able to acquire Max Domi for obviously not that, or someone else gets him for a, a sooner draft, then eh. So yeah, I'm gonna wait. That would that wouldn't make the Lars Eller acquisition look good though. I joked last night with Rudo and Blaze. I said, "Wouldn't it be funny if the Avs traded their 2025th third to Chicago for Max Domi?" Mm. And that felt like a steal, and the Lars Eller felt like an overpay. But you end up where you want, mm-hmm. and it was like because that second round pick in 2025 always felt like it's got Max Domi's name written on it. If you want it, like <laughs> I, so. For whatever reason, it, for at least at least for right now, I mean, all this movement, all the picks, all the prices paid, that Max Domi is still sitting there, mm-hmm. like it, it really, really, really makes you wonder what is the deal? Why well, has so that guy moved? Who yeah. was I? I think it was Friedman who had the report that I guess he's really liked it in Chicago, and they've had some conversations of a potential extension. So you do just wonder if Chicago is maybe saying, well, we'll pump the brakes on this because maybe this is a guy that would want to stick around next year and then we can flip him at that deadline. I That's my only thought because I'm with you, AJ. Given how everything has gone down, the fact that he hasn't been moved yet, that Patrick Kane got moved before him is... So here's the thing, and, and we talk about this in the video that's coming out after this show so i don't i won't spoil it too much for domi but i do think there's a little bit of the same thing as puyarvi with domi where i don't know that he was anybody's first choice i think he was probably on a lot of people's backup plan list oh domi you you say that but relatively speaking got moved pretty early in this craziness i I hear you I, i i'm not saying that explains everything it's just something that crossed my mind uh, I, I do want to dive into this conversation a little bit more though uh, what, how would you feel and it doesn't have to be Max Domi just say a Max Domi caliber player middle six second line center whatever you consider yeah. him to be would you be willing or would you be happy with Colorado if they ended up overpaying a little bit and gave up a first there when's the first they have only ones they have i mean you can take the 2025 one if that makes you yeah. feel better for domi. domi or an equivalent equal player Kevin across Hayes. the league sure whoa i don't know if um, i feel comfortable with that 2025 I, yeah take it who cares who AJ's cares a little bit harder about this one <laughs> megan doesn't look like she likes it either that, that's, think, that's that's three draft cycles from now. My Who biggest cares? my biggest thing is that I just don't feel comfortable that Max Domi is like that much of a surefire upgrade for a first round pick, which are so valued. Question: Is there any retention? I like well, be percent or more. It's certainly on Kevin Hayes. There would have to be retention. In yeah, that direction or like or even like a Henrique. Then there would have to be retention, and I would do it. I would. I would have those conversations. I don't. Oh, I don't know, man. That's tough. Because that sounds like that's what it should be. Weird. Like you it look is. at Tanner Joe. And you're like, okay, that's really ridiculous. But then you look at Nino Niederreiter and you're like, okay, that also feels ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. It hasn't really been locked in one place that that is why I feel uncomfortable. Is this the best deal they could orchestrate? Yeah. 
I, the Tanner Janot deal is exactly what I wanted to, to get into as a comparison here, where Tampa Bay is all the way selling the farm. And, and I get it. They're, they're heading towards the end of their cup window, and, and this is part of the deal. Uh, AJ, I know you're chomping at the bit to talk about how they get development that no one else in the NHL does. But it's hard not to feel like they way overpaid for that guy, right? Tampa Bay is in this, like, they, they absolutely overpay for Tanner Cheneau, but they also, like, are mid-maxing their roster right now. Like, Vlad Nemesnikov for Mikey Asimont just because Mikey Asimont makes 750k. <laughs> You're like, so it's the same guy, but he's just cheaper. Like, that's where they are right now is that they are, like, every single corner that we can cut, we're cutting that thing. <laughs> it's And it's, for me, I'm like, this is kind of impressive to watch because we always say, what are the, what's the team going to do? How do they handle it? What are they, how do they manage it? Whatever. But it's like, whoo. It's kind of, I think it's fun to watch. Um, is Mikey Esmont and Calfoot both former Colorado Thunderbirds? <laughs> Perhaps Tampa knows. Is this is this a? Did you ask a question here? Do you need the answer to just so you can I, answer it? I actually don't know. I just know they both have these ties to Colorado, but I don't. I was going to say that seems like a question we should ask you. Perhaps Tampa does know something yeah, about the untapped into Triple A team right here in Colorado, developing the world's best. We should uh, we should do an analysis of how many AAA players from each state have won cups. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you should do that analysis. Really. Yeah, have fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. What a great <laughs> idea you just had for yourself. Uh, I I genuinely don't think it's very many from anywhere, but you never know. Uh, <laughs> on that note, I don't know. Maybe maybe. The Thunderbird should get a, uh, a sponsorship with Shady Rays because they have such bright futures for all of their kids. I don't know. Uh, you can get yourself some Shady Rays at ShadyRays.com or their brick and mortar down at Park Meadows Mall. They have amazing sunglasses for everyone. They have all sorts of styles. You can get super cool kid sunglasses like I have or you can get normal sunglasses like aviators and plenty of other styles down uh, at Shady Rays. When you go over there, they have plenty of selection. They even have goggles for skiing and snowboarding. All sorts of cool different tints and, and shades I, of the actual like sunglasses. You can see mine are all blue. They have like yellow ones and smoky gray ones and your normal black and sepia colored ones. So if you like different colored sunglasses, let me tell you, they got options. Uh, either way, use code DNVR at ShadyRays.com when you check out. Get two pairs of sunglasses. You get one well, you get the whole order 50% off, I suppose. So it's just a free pair of sunglasses if you order two with a DNVR code. And the best part is if you lose them or break them in the first 30 days, they'll replace them for you for completely free. If you don't like them in the first 30 days, just send them back and they'll refund you. So you might as well give it a try with ShadyRays.com. We're also brought to you by Pins and Aces. You got the sunglasses. You might as well get the rest of the awesome golf gear to look good out on the course. They're the official golf apparel merchandiser of DNVR. My favorite thing is actually the DNVR golf towel because that thing is awesome. And I could use that not just on the golf course, but, you know, in my bathroom or something, have a little DNVR merch, make it look good. Uh, but if you're not into that, everyone loves their hats. They got polos. They got golf pants. You name it. They've got you completely covered, looking good. Go over to pinsandaces.com today. Use the DNVR code to get 15% off your order with them. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We've talked a little bit about the best deals. I do want to touch on the worst deals so far. AJ is adamant that it's the Mikhail Grandlin deal. Or is everyone else on the panel agreeing that it's terrible? Just weird at baseline. I haven't even really looked at it too much. What what was the what was the return on it? A second round pick. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Meh. Uh, especially it being <clears throat> Pittsburgh, I wouldn't have done that. But 
it's just me, I suppose. <laughs> well, it, I, it's a weird thing in general because they end up going out and getting Mikhail Greenland after flipping Teddy Bluger to the Golden Knights. Yeah. Kind of a weird in and out for them on that one. Put it that way. I think I think the other deal that I really just that's really left me confused is the Canucks trading a first round pick away. Yeah. For like a fine defenseman in Ronick, but not like a but not Chikrin. How much better is this really making them? Uh, it, it really like like I just don't. That's a that's a team that is like capped out and needs to move money out, and so they bring more money in. And I get that Vronik's like a a fine player because he is. He's a he's a he's having really he's had a really solid season in Detroit. I just don't. I just. They've made so much noise about we need to do major surgery and we need we need to we need to move some guys out and they can't they have been unable to sell any of their players except Bo Horvat and it's not like their players are without talent but they they asked for the moon for J T Miller couldn't get it gave him inexplicably gave him an eight year deal and have not been able to move any of their other guys at this point. Like they're so mismanaged. It blows me away. And that's, you could, you could pick the Canucks or Penguins, which one am I talking about? Wildly (laughs) mismanaged. Both of them right now. I would say the Canucks are, are certainly more poorly managed that them being a rudderless ship is maybe the least surprising thing to me (laughs) is what it is though. Uh, did want to get into a couple of these names here. I have the I have the TSN trade bait board. Uh, two names you mentioned there, the Vancouver names and Brock Besser and JT Miller. Do we think either of them get moved by 1 p.m. tomorrow? No? If you had to pick one, I would say it would be Besser over Miller, but okay. hard to say. We talked about Besser's value, too, how it's kind of in this limited window, and with each passing year, he's so far removed from what his value once was that they're in sort of a precarious position that they don't want to move totally out of desperation, but they don't want to hang on too long. Yeah, I, as AJ kind of already alluded to, I have no faith in Vancouver to get anything effective done for themselves. Um, but we can move away from Vancouver, look a little bit at the rest of this trade board. Names like James Van Riemsdyk out of Philly. You go over to Anaheim. Both Kulikov and Klingberg have not moved yet. Uh, we already talked about Max Domi. They throw Joel Edmondson's name in there from Montreal. Is there still hope for tomorrow? Is there still a significant amount of moves to be made at this deadline? I I, I do for the reasons that we were saying a minute ago of – I just think that this is, for whatever reason, everyone decided this is the deadline that you're going to go for it. The East has made it clear that they're just going to arm to the teeth till the bitter end and hope that what they did outdoes what everyone else did. Uh, And then I do think that you are going to see a slew of Western Conference fringe moves come in at the Max Domi, Kevin Hayes level. Um. Like, I, I just can't imagine that this many teams out West will end up standing pat. Yeah, and, like, if you look at the big moves out West so far, Dallas still hasn't done anything. Um, Colorado hasn't made a big move. Made two small ones. Um, you don't care about Dabnov? I'm kidding, sorry. I mean, it's 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 a move that made a lot of sense for them. I thought um, with Gurionov especially falling out of favor there the last few years, and Dadnov and DeBoer being very familiar with one another. So it's like okay, um, like Dallas, but but 
how much does that move the needle in the chase in like the postseason? You know, like they could really use another forward that could that can score something. Like another middle six guy would really help them. Um, and maybe that's not a big move, but it's like right now it feels like Dallas is kind of just chilling. Just like oh, we don't really need to do anything, right? That's um, not how I would feel if I was Dallas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I still think Colorado, like, hey, you've got the cap space. You have you're down to first round picks. Go get a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a wide open spot on your roster, a very obvious opening on your roster that you should be seriously contemplating trying to upgrade. Because uh, it's it's right there. So, you know, um, Edmonton, I think, made a smart made made. Uh, they at least added where they should be adding. So, are you talking at home? Yeah, I, I think that was the biggest throwaway. Nothing of a move so far. You you uh... you, you, you shipped out an, an an all offense, no defense guy for an all defense, no offense guy that got torched by the team that you have to go through to get where so, you want to go. I one, I think it makes sense because Edmonton does need a defensive guy. I think in concept, it makes sense. I just don't think they chose the right guy. Nick Bukestad to the Oilers. While we're talking about Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. Enjoy your new four C, I guess. That changes uh, yeah. everything. <laughs> well, and like that makes them that makes them a little bit bigger down there. That gives them a little bit deeper, a little yeah. more reliability on their bottom six, and their bottom six has been really bad. I, I was going to say it, it, Edmonton got chewed up depth wise, and they couldn't keep a puck out of their net even through the conference, like, even before they got to the conference finals. And, and, and again, I just the, the the team to beat out West is Colorado. And like we all like kind of laughed, but at the same time, like Oof, I actually felt a little bit bad for Matias Ekholm. He just got smoked for four games. Like he looked confused several times, and I just find it interesting that Edmonton said, "Okay, well, let's remove our, our defenseman. That's you know easily our best uh, our best offensive defenseman, the quarterback on like a prolific power play, and bring in this guy that brings very little offense." I think you're overstating uh, that aspect of it. Okay, he brings an average amount of offense, and he's just like who? Who is who is so afraid my, of Matias Ekholm team wise? My question here is: Did Edmonton like really need a center here? Because would you rather have Bugstad or Puyuyarvi? Boy, that is an existential question for a lot of front offices because. The answer to that question tells you how you feel about the game of hockey, I think. <laughs> well, and also, I do just think Paul Yarvey needed to be out of Edmonton. I, I get that that relationship was on the rocks totally, but did, did they actually make themselves better by making that swap in their bottom six? I don't know. Yeah, I also, I don't know. It, it, even if you call it a wash, it's like, okay, great. They've done we, a whole lot of swapping things more than getting right, better at positions. Right. Do we know what the price was yet? No, I'm I haven't seen it. Mostly just curious what they gave up after, for that. After the Lars Eller thing, it's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna judge depth center moves now against that. <laughs> I right. guess that's fair. Yeah, no, yeah. not yet. We'll have to uh so we'll look, I mean yeah, Edmonton, to AJ's point, like that is the type of player they needed. I would have liked to see them add him without moving Tyson Berry out because I think then that gives you a nice complement of defensemen that do different things. I just feel like it's weird to move out a guy that was playing a relatively big role for you for a guy that's just, a, a very different type of player. And I don't know if he just, you know, I just don't know if Matias Ekholm moves the needle in terms of like getting the Oilers over the top. I, I guess I was just curious because I, I like Matias Ekholm as a player. I think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, 
he did get rocked against the Avs last year, which, you know, Devontae's got rocked against Tampa Bay in his final games as an Islander. That that stuff happens Devontae's against great teams. 33. Like, that stuff happens sometimes. But, yeah, you are saying you, – you are having that question and that conversation about is this the wall? Is he really – is he on a decline? But you look at all of his on-ice results this year, and Matias Ekholm has been a really good player. On a, on a very sound, defensive, the, structured the, team. The big difference for me here is if you're willing to pay this price, why don't you just go get Jacob Chikrin? Right. Right. Like, right. Like that was where, that was where I was really left kind of confused about it is I was like, that guy, that guy's the, the better player. He's younger, younger. He's, he's cheaper uh, money wise, which matters a lot in, in Edmonton. And so I'm just like, Why, why, if he was off the market, I could have understood. But then when you saw the price that Ottawa paid for him, you're like, why? Yeah. So, so Tyson Berry, who, you know, again, not like he's not a great elite defenseman, but like a solid bona fide top tier offensive defenseman and a first round pick plus plus I'm, I'm with you, AJ. Like that's, that's why I just. Again, I think Matias Ekholm is the type of player that they needed, but they needed to add him to the mix that they had. What they gave up, I think there was several better options they could have made. And uh, yeah, blech. sorry, Megan, I cut you off. Oh, it's okay. I was going to ask, with similar to what we said alongside Max Domi, if there was any curiosity around Jacob Trickren because he was such a potential piece to be moved for so long, it was surprising that he took as long to be moved as he did, and for what the return ended up being. But I wonder if there's a reason more teams did not go for Chikrin as aggressively that we're not privy to. I, I mean, knowing what we know now, it, it sure seems like Coyotes just absolutely were not going to retain a dollar on that guy. Um, so I do think that eliminated some of the, the top end contenders. Now they could have got a third team involved, throwing another pick to get that retention or whatever, but because the coyotes were so adamant in saving that retention spot for other potential moves, I think that kind of counted a lot of teams out of Chikrin. Uh, but as we continue to pick our way through the West here, is it not the most Calgary thing ever that they have done nothing? They're in the Calgary zone. They haven't bought. They haven't sold. They're just floating along. I mean, I, I, I really do. I think, I think Calgary just needs to punt on this season. I, I, like, I don't necessarily know if they have a ton of pieces to like hard sell off. I think they're gonna. I, that's a team that I'm gonna like put money on this summer to win the Pacific next year. I just think there was too much upheaval in that locker room for them to come out and have a successful year. I actually think them doing nothing and just kind of letting the season die off regrouping in the summer and then coming back next year is the best thing for them. I think any rash moves, uh, it's a third for Bukestad. Uh, any rash moves, you could be messing that up. Take a beat. Let this core settle that you completely redid last summer and see what happens. They've fallen far enough back. Arizona's retaining 50%. Uh, they've fallen far enough back that just let it go. Okay. I, I, I wouldn't even fault them if they decided to buy and try to make a push, but doing nothing feels weird. Yeah. I mean, how far out are they now? It's like six points, seven points. Is it that far? I don't actually know. Uh, wow, yeah, they're, looks they're, that up. they're five points back of the last wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah. And they have 61 games played. So they're right in as there. As much yeah. as anybody. Yeah. yeah Just let it go. Hanging. Just let go on the season. Keep your picks. 
three, four, and picks. three in their last ten when they've had plenty of opportunity in the last right. ten games to make a move. They just haven't. Well, I guess don't be in the Calgary zone. Is the it's really weird the way that the West had like a handful of teams, you know, just a few weeks ago that were taking this really seriously, and then. St. Louis gave up and was like, we're out. And Nashville started selling all their guys off and we're like, we're probably out too. And now if you, if, if Calgary were to give up, if Calgary were to just start trading guys away and say, Hey, we're probably not doing this. Um, that's it. Like the playoff race is over. Your eight set, teams yeah. are, yeah, your eight teams are set because there's, and even, even then, like that's, we're talking maybe, 10 teams if Nashville stays competitive, which seems unlikely given the Johansson injury and then the subsequent deals. Uh, Calgary is like the only team that's going to chase a playoff spot. So, I think they took their big swing in the offseason and summer with Kadri and Huberto and Uyghur that they locked themselves into that so deeply that I, I don't know if they can yeah. really take any big swings to address anything at the deadline. It's, they put themselves in a really difficult spot in taking that sort of gamble. Like who, yep. who would you sell if you're Calgary? The chat says Lindholm and Markstrom. The, the, the chat always starts why? at the top with the guys why? that aren't getting moved. <laughs> yeah. right. why, why would you move either of those guys? Why would you move either of those guys? Those... If you think that you have a chance at bouncing back. Those are, we just handed out three Eight year, two eight year deals and a seven year deal, but we're gonna tear it all down in year one of all three of those. So I, I, I get where Chad is coming from on the Markstrom thing. Just, just because no. it's a snap panic, he's had a terrible year. I people do this all the right. time. Yeah. I don't understand where the Lindholm thing is coming from at all, dude. At all, and you and you have to look at, especially with goalies. The, the only thing you can do to try to predict on goalies is look at what they've done in the past. And Markstrom has been a very good goaltender coming up to this point in his career. He had a bad playoff last year and he's, he hasn't rebounded this season. That's the exact, this team in general, like I said, I'm putting money on them this summer to win the Pacific because they are just primed for bounce back candidate type of season after being as good as they were last year, big change to the top. Everyone kind of feels that talent-wise, they really didn't get that much worse, if at all. They got harder to play against. You expect Markstrom to have some level of bounce-back type of year, even if it's to the level that Grubauer is, that's significantly better. You don't tear a team down like this at the top unless you're tearing it fully down. And if you had any plans to do that, you wouldn't have handed out two eight-year deals and a seven-year deal to brand new players, all big money deals. That's ridiculous. You, you just, that, that would never happen. You would never do that. I would okay. start with the coach. The, I would also start with the coach. What a reasonable suggestion. What a reasonable uh, suggestion. Well, I would start with the coach, especially because when you look at, uh, you look at the two guys that they bring in and you look at the struggles that they've had adjusting to Calgary and you can say, well, maybe playing, this really old school, slow style is significantly hampering the two guys that we brought in as the Kachuk return. Two guys who thrived playing way more wide open, a way more aggressive, way more transition-based hockey. Like Sometimes the math ain't that complicated. Yeah, to me, I'm just like, look, this one feels pretty obvious, guys. Like... You, there are good there are good coaches sitting out on the market that you could probably go and get. Um, go go figure something out because this is uh, for me. It just looks like you. It hasn't it hasn't worked uh, this year, uh, Sutter. A, a very serious question for you all. Oh, I'm I'm muting my mic. I'm not taking part in whatever this next part is. If a team made a trade so bad that it caused you physical harm. Do you think you could win that court case? All right. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I know who I would contact if I thought I was going to win that court case. 
I think Bacchus and Shanker might be able to win that court case, honestly. When you've won over a billion dollars for your clients, you can you can do some pretty incredible things. Obviously joking there, but if you have an actual injury case, whether it be a car accident, even if it's a rideshare situation, or you were injured at work, or anything like that, you can call Bacchus and Shanker today at 222-2222 to get your case looked at completely for free. If they think you have a case that you can win, they'll take it on for free. You don't pay them until you win. So it's literally them just taking your case. You don't have to do anything. They will take a little bit of your winnings when you win. And that's it. You don't have to pay them up front for nothing. So go check that out. They've been doing it for 25 years here in Colorado. They know exactly what they're doing. It's genuinely the best around and and winning cases like that. So again, press the two number or visit them at coloradolaw.net today to go get your case and get what you deserve. Also, Last, but certainly not least, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account with DraftKings, and you get to bet $5 on anything, and you get $200 in free bets. I did that backwards, but that's okay. Uh, $200 in free bets uh, on DraftKings to bet on whatever you want. You think that Calgary is going to make the playoffs and win the Cup? You could bet on that. I would say you're throwing your money away but you can do that no one can stop you uh if you want to bet on the abs to do something crazy and not win the cup you can bet on that if you want to bet on the nuggets to finally slay their demons and win an nba championship you can bet on that if you want to bet on a bunch of turtles slowly walking across a field and one of them does it slightly faster than the other you can bet on that it's DraftKings. you can bet on anything in the world so Go over there, have a look around, put a couple of bucks in to have a little bit of fun, and DraftKings will give you a bunch of money to have a lot more fun. Check it out today. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the DNVR code. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes down below for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700, and it's void in Ohio. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm looking through the West here, and there are some very obvious sellers. You have Chicago, you have St. Louis, you have San Jose, you have Nashville. I would say they've all pretty clearly sold off their assets and and established their situation this year. But has anyone in the West made themselves significantly better? I guess you have the Jets who have traded for Niederreiter, which makes them better. But is that significant enough? No, is a short answer. I like what Edmonton's done. I think they're better. Okay. They don't have a goaltender, and so I don't know that it'll ultimately matter. But I think that uh, for right now, I like what they've done. Um it's all just I, fine. I kind of, I kind of sneaky like what Minnesota has done, very quietly, where they're like, like the middle of their forward core has been so bad this year that even just getting these vanilla blah ass guys like Marcus Johansson and Gustav Nyquist, who supposed to be healthy for the postseason, you're like, these guys are fine. They and and are they? Are they upgrades on like the Connor Dewars and the Brandon Duhames and Mason Shaws of the world? I think that's probably the that answer will probably be yes. And they have paid very little to do it. And so it's like, okay, great. That part of their roster is better. Does that suddenly make them a more serious contender? I don't know, but that's a really good defensive team that should have figured out their number one goaltender by now is not Marc-Andre Fleury and has quietly added, a you know, um, like some quality depth to their forward core on the cheap. So they're operating with some strict confines, and I think Bill Guerin's doing a good job. Yeah, that as, I agree with for sure. As Chad is mentioning, you also have Vegas, Barbashev, and Bluger. And yeah, I, the the problem is then they also go out and add Jonathan Quick. Okay, so why are we talking about what, what 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 do we like about Vegas? A team that can't score goes and gets two guys that can't score. 
<laughs> and then they add, and then of all the goaltenders who have played this year, you get the third worst one in the NHL. And like, obviously, you like like you look at Quick's history, and then you look at hey, this could this could absolutely like be a lightning rod that, that guy, like, sure. like pisses him off, and he's like, all I want to do in life is eliminate the Kings from the playoffs. Uh, the problem is that guy hasn't been good for half a decade. I mean, quick timeout. The, he was the, good last year. It was Bukestad with 50% retained for a 2023 third. Okay. Jonathan, quick conversation resume. It's, I just, my problem with quick is, sure, I get the concept. I get a quick, absolutely a guy who could be mad if he gets the LA Kings in the first round and want to dunk on that team. But he just isn't good anymore. Right, like. That's what you're relying on? Like, you're relying on some magic elixir taking this guy who has been brutally bad this year and making him not only serviceable, but good enough to win you a playoff round? And then and then, and then, then your other ads are guys who don't address your problem. Why do we like what Vegas has done? See, I like the way that you put it a second ago, AJ. I, I, there's some teams that I think out West that have done some stuff. They're moves that I like. I, I don't know if any of the moves that I'm seeing have made anybody a more serious contender. That's, that, does Barbashev and Bluger make Vegas better? Yes. Does it significantly move the needle? Not really. Uh, Michael Kesselring, also part of the Bukestad deal. Sick! What a deal! If anybody knows who that is, man, I tell you, Arizona crushing it right now. <laughs> Picking up people with human names. So, in terms of the in terms of the depth center, would you rather have paid a twenty twenty five second or a twenty twenty three third and a mid to low level prospect? Uh well, the Avs didn't have that option. I, I just theoretically. So I mean that's where you're. I'm I'm also asking you guys, and none of us have the power to make that trade. So <laughs> I kind of like what the Avs did with that third, to be honest. With their 2023 third, I kind of like that trade more. So I'm gonna um I'll, I'll for right now I'll stick with Eller. I still think it's an overpay, but it's. I, I still think it's fine. Yeah, both things can be true. I think. I think it's an overpay by around in several years, where it's like I'm just not going to get and too they're gonna about this. Go overpay yeah. for Max Domi by around in several years, and then we'll be done here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just re Vegas, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Even the Dadanov move, like again, those are all, all moves them, that yeah. I think make sense, and I don't even necessarily have a problem with many of them. I just don't yeah. think that they've all been relatively lateral, if not like a like a just a little bit of a raise. Again, if if I'm if 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 I'm another Western Conference team, and I still think the team to beat is Colorado, I don't think any of them have done anything to like give themselves a significant leg up relative to where they were last year. Knowing that the abs are, are still trying to add themselves. Um, that would be I, my fear is like, cause I think Edmonton's had a good deadline. I've liked what they've done, but if Colorado goes out tomorrow and is like, they, they, you know, they like roll up to the table and they splash two first round picks as an offer to somebody. And they're like, hey, we're solving this this two C thing for the next three years. You have a really big problem on your hands. Right. right. You're just not good enough. And, and and then just the thing that I keep coming back to with Edmonton is the goaltending. They just they just don't have the goaltending to compete, I don't think. Stewart's get her bust. Busted. Um I, either way, I just I think a team out west is going to need to make a significant move for me to feel like any of them have, have made significant strides towards being a real contender. I guess uh, for me, I'm just, where is Dallas in all of this? Right. I, I'm shocked Dallas hasn't done more, honestly. 
I, th- there's part of me that thinks, and I think the abs are in the same boat. I wrote about it in, in at the rink on, on Sunday. I, I genuinely do think that this market just dried up quicker in a different way than it has in the past. Like a lot of those top targets went early and then Patrick Kane made it clear early on. He, it was New York or nothing. Like I, I know Dallas had been talked about with Tarasenko, uh, obviously with Kane, uh, I think they were also in on O'Reilly, like all of those guys. And I think the abs were around some of those guys too. I think this deadline just shook out in a way that maybe they didn't consider. And now again, Dallas doing next to nothing is a little surprising, but I just think that someone said it at the beginning of the show. I think, I think a lot of teams are onto their plans C and D at this point. And maybe we just don't end up doing anything if we're having to go this far down our list. If somebody's still on plan A, it was not a very good plan. Right, 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 right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, someone asks our show tomorrow. When do you guys want to start tomorrow? 11 a.m., 10 a.m.? Well, we scheduled it for 10. 10 a.m. So there you go. We'll be live from 10 to 2 and then probably do a pod after that. It's going to be yeah. a long day. The Coyotes are open to trading Nick Schmaltz. It's just the the kind of deal that that is where Schmaltz has three years left on his contract and the Coyotes are not going to retain a single dollar of that of that money. Uh, that's a they summer can't. deal. They can't the teams anymore. have cap space. Like, yep. They weren't, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. They weren't going to retain on a future deal. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is Nick Bukestad was retained yeah. 50%. Even if they wanted to, they, they cannot anymore. Yeah. They have to wait till July 1st until all, and all three of those slots will open up. But that's the kind of deal that happens in the summer when teams have more money and they're $12 million away from the cap and not $500,000 and trying to figure it out on the fly. Unless you're doing some crazy three team stuff, but I don't see that happening. So Bukestad, Bukestad having 50% retained put his cap hit at 450, which was the exact amount of space that Edmonton had. They had 450k in space. Bukes had fit that perfectly. I think that's just See? plan A business. Plan A. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Any final thoughts? Don't ruin everything because we got to talk about all this stuff tomorrow for four, five hours too. So no, I'm good. I I will say I think it is crazy that the East is 12 teams deep right now of teams making moves. Yep, going hard. I just keep looking at it and thinking, well, it's going to be a lot of wasted moves when the dust settles. And they beat each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's okay, though. That's what this is for. Great for me. I yeah, love I mean, it. It's, this, this is what you want out of your league. You know, this 100%. is like, you look, at, you look at this versus what's going on in baseball, and you're like, this is what you want. I can't, I, the NHL fell backwards into it. But a whole bunch of teams have decided, F this, we're going for it. The Ottawa Senators are buying at the deadline. And they're like... Five points out. Yeah, and, and, and five points out. And they've got like three teams in front of them that are also out. Like, they've got to jump like half the conference. It's awesome, man. Like, I'm like, this is, this is significantly more interesting uh, than the deadline has been in a long time because so many teams are just like, we're no, we're not going to be the team that doesn't make a move. Seattle. <laughs> Seattle, Florida, and Calgary. The only teams that aren't really doing anything. Florida makes sense. I, sort of. <laughs> I... I I, I, really, money. I really struggle with the idea that doing absolutely nothing is ever correct. Yeah, but. I, I kind of put them in the same mental boat that I've got Calgary in right now, though, where it's just like, just hold on to what you've got. And I mean, they just need a real goaltender, right? Like, uh, Bob's girl Avery is, is killing it. So, so hold on. Let me let me ask you guys kind of definitively. What do you think? We all we all 
just in theory, uh, the Bukestad deal. Do we like that or what the Avs did better, assuming the Avs could have done that deal? I know they couldn't, but for the sake of the argument. I've never been the biggest Bukestad guy, so I think I go Eller. I really worry that Edmonton trying to get up and down the ice is going to watch that like 6-6 tanker not be able to keep up very adequately. And <laughs> they slipped into the old axiom of go get a big guy at the deadline. And the abs went and got a guy that stylistically is also going to struggle to fit in with how the abs want to play. Um, I think on the surface, I probably like the Bukestad deal. I think the value is better, but I think Eller is the better player. I think he's the better fit for what they need specifically in alluding to wanting someone on the left side on the PK. It feels very much like Darren Helm replacement territory. And I, they have addressed it specifically to say that this isn't in relation to Darren Helm's status specifically, yeah. but I think Eller is the more reliable penalty killer in that regard and more trusted in Bukestad. Yeah. Until the abs catching this dub is what I'm hearing. Slightly. Well, you got you you got what we all think is the is the better player. (laughs) Right. And and again, the thing that I keep coming back to is is you're talking about three draft cycles from right now. That is a long way out to project. That's a long way out from that player making any impact within your organization. I don't think anybody's upset that that pick got moved. I think that it's that if you look how the Avs have used second round picks in recent years, gotten a lot more value. they've gotten way higher impact players than a, a guy that might settle in as your fourth line center by the, by the time this is all said and done. Sure. And so I think that was where the frustration was, but I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like quibble too hard over second and third round picks. Like, cause I, if it was a third round pick, I think it would have been perfect. It was a second round pick. I think it's too high. You're hoping it's the 62nd pick anyway. Right. I just, I, I just don't think when you're at this at this point, I, I just don't think anybody's overly concerned. Then Megan brought up a great point yesterday of like, cool. And if in two years things aren't going well, it hasn't worked out. You you make a move and recoup a second round pick. Like, well, look at the one second round pick that they've used in the last several years. It was on Sean Barron's, and it was because they acquired it by giving up Ryan Graves because they had to, and so it was like they they just made a move, right? They they and they just found that pick out of nowhere. Otherwise, they haven't. I don't even know the last second round pick that they used that right. was their own. Yeah, it, I think it's Drew Hellison. Yeah, and that guy went through a whole college career and got traded. Right. 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 So yeah, it's just the, uh, the, that type of stuff just picks at that point. It's like there's so much that happens between now and when that pick would have been made. There's an infinite number of possibilities with where the Avs are at by that draft. Especially when you understand the Avs are in the absolute heart of their cup window. Any pick you trade is future use problem. Right. Yeah, and like, again, I just don't think many people cared too much about the pick being dealt. It was which pick it was. Sure. Which, I think that was why the... This is this is that, the picking for hour four of tomorrow's show. Yeah, I just... <laughs> when Jesse tweeted out, like, everybody hates everything the abs do yesterday, it was, like, so true, man. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the reaction to the Jack Johnson-Andreas England thing... Blew me away. That one was mind blown, dude. Mind blown. It was so intense. It it was just like, why? Over a seventh D, people were literally. This is how like, like, micro the internet is. It's like we are arguing over which of these extra defensemen we like more to the death. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's all relax here. And it's yeah. just been like been compounding every day. We're all just like, okay, I guess uh, everything is terrible all of the time, apparently. I think you've asked this like every day, man. If the abs need the space, they will put EJ on LTIR. It's not a big deal. Yeah, they have that option to them at any point that they want. They can they can make this decision. It's not it, 
they are not they have space they've got like four million dollars right now look at what uh boston did this morning and that's what i expect the abs will do if need be you make the trade and then the player goes on ltir i just don't think the abs are going to do it unless they need to yeah and if they if they need to at this point if they need to with that four million dollars they did something big. They they definitely used multiple first round picks and decided to go hard in the paint on it. All right. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this show for today. Do join us tomorrow. We will be doing the trade deadline and chill stream. I'm sure people will be jumping in and out all day for that one. We will have a regular pod too. But... Sure. People will be jumping out of the window on that one. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Depending on what gets done, maybe. Don't do that, kids. Uh, We're out of here. We appreciate y'all, and we will talk to you tomorrow.